0: And welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today's podcast is all about errorless learning, which was one of my favorite tools to use in my classroom. If you have no idea what errorless learning is or how to use it, don't worry. The beginning of this podcast is gonna give you an explanation, and then I have a co-host in the second half that will help you apply it to your classroom even more. But to start off, simply put, errorless learning is an opportunity in which the student always gets the correct answer you can take away some of the complexity and set up the opportunity so the student is always correct. You might be asking yourself, why would I wanna do that? I'm just giving them the answer. The reason that you might wanna use errorless learning is because sometimes you need your early learners to be independent. So you don't wanna fill a three-tier task system with tasks that the student cannot do correctly. That defeats the entire purpose of having them work independently. If your student, needs assistance to complete a task it's not an appropriate independent work so errorless learning can help fill that need you can still have them work on file folders and task boxes but this helps ensure that the activities are more appropriate for the learner so think about it if you filled an independent work center with three sorting file folders but your student doesn't know how to sort they're learning how to do that skill incorrectly which takes away the entire point of independent work errorless learning can help fill that void It can also teach children many important base skills that they need to be able to work independently. They can start to have an understanding of starting and completing a task. They can learn how to match to sample and visual perception. There's a lot of pre-academic skills students need to be before they can be successful, and errorless learning opens up that gate. Now, don't worry. If you're hearing this and thinking, if everything is errorless, my students won't learn, Errorless learning does not need to be the end-all be-all. So students might work on more complex tasks during teacher time, but then move to errorless tasks during their independent work. Errorless tasks are not a substitute for teaching students, it's a support for teaching students. Errorless learning is, again, a great way to teach your students exactly what they're supposed to do. If I have a student who struggles to hit a target, errorless learning might help him because no matter which Piece he matches on a file folder, he's going to get it correct. He can feel successful and he's learning how to use tasks like these. It's also teaching him, oh, when I open this drawer, I need to complete the activity in it and then close the drawer again, which is just an important skill on learning how to do things independently. So errorless learning can be super easy to implement and I have a couple of tips I'm gonna give you right now to kick you off. You don't need to go buy any fancy products. You can make these things you already have in your classroom and let's get right into how to do it. My two favorite ways to make errorless items are to add items to a scene and making an identical match. So I have examples for both to help you brainstorm. For adding items to a scene, you wanna get a background. And if you're not going to plan to sell or distribute your task in any way, so you don't have a teacher's pay teacher store, you're just making something for your classroom, you can use any image you find on Google. As long as it's not being distributed, you can print off a picture and roll with it. So an example would be just Googling and getting a basic grass scene. So search green grass, grab an image and throw it into a PowerPoint or Word document, whatever it is you use then go find some pictures of flowers and trees throw those in another document and print off both you're going to laminate that base page that has the grass scene and then you're going to add velcro to it then you will laminate and cut out all of those items the flowers and trees and add velcro and now your students can complete a garden scene and you see how it won't really matter where they put the flowers so if you give them a basket that has two red flowers, two blue flowers, and a yellow flower, and then that grass scene has five pieces of Velcro, it doesn't matter which flower goes on which piece of Velcro. No matter how they complete it, in the end, they'll still have a garden. That's errorless. They're learning how to complete a task independently. You can throw that right into their independent work system. And they can feel really successful when they finish it, but they didn't have to rely on any teacher assistance because the task was errorless. Another one I really like to do is make a matching scene. And the perfect thing about matching scenes is you can customize it to any student. Does your student love Mario? Make a matching board of Mario. I had a student who loved bugs, so the first errorless thing I made was matching a bunch of bumblebees, and he was so excited to complete it. You can go and Google again any image that you want and size it onto your page. You can make the image as large or as small as you want, depending on the student. So when I'm first starting errorless learning with a student, I might only put four or six pictures on a page. Once they become more successful, I might start adding 10 pictures, 12 pictures. But once you make your board with however many pictures you want, so maybe you have Mario on there six times, a row of three on the top and a row of three on the bottom, print that twice. You're gonna laminate both of them and then cut up one. The one that's cut up will be the matching pieces and they'll just take all the pieces of Mario and put it right on Mario's face. It's the same Mario picture in all six boxes, so again, they can't get it wrong. If you wanna know more information or see examples of what I'm talking about, you can click on the link that's in the description of this podcast that takes you to my errorless learning blog. And I have a couple photos of errorless learning and what it is. But I'm super excited to invite my first guest onto my podcast. She's going to talk more about how she uses errorless learning and her secondary setting. And I'd like to give a warm welcome to Jen from Teach Love Autism. Hi, Jen, and thank you so much for agreeing to be my first co-host on my podcast. I am so excited to have you with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. All right, for our first question, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about how you incorporate errorless learning into your classroom.
1: Sure. Well, I like to incorporate it in many different ways in my classroom. Um, I like to use it even in one-on-one instructional settings with students. I like to use it in um, independent work time where students are working, say, on work tasks. Um, I also think it's important to incorporate it if you can use it in differentiation when you have multiple students that are on multiple levels in your class and maybe a whole group setting. It's nice to have that errorless option for kids. Um, so really I feel like errorless is something that every teacher can utilize in their classroom in some way.
0: Great tips. And I totally agree. Errorless learning can be utilized by pretty much every teacher. But when I look back, a lot of the materials I was using when I first started using errorless learning were filled with clip art. and you have a unique perspective because you work in a secondary setting. I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about the steps you take to make sure the materials you give your students are age-appropriate even at that errorless learning level?
1: Right. So the first thing I do, especially being as I'm a middle school teacher, is I want to make sure it's age-appropriate, like you said. And some ways that I like to do that is um, I like to incorporate using real photos in a lot of the materials I use in my classroom. I feel like that gives the students the opportunity to generalize the skill, see it as it they would in the real world, Um, whether it's food vocabulary, whether it's community signs, whatever the concept is that I'm trying to work on them with using, uh, you know, something that's errorless can often be looked at as something that might be used in the primary grades. But again, we still have students in the secondary classrooms that need that support. So using real photos is a great way to do it. And also making sure you're doing uh, functional skills as well can be another great way to use errorless in your classroom if you're a
0: secondary teacher. Thank you for those tips, Jen. And my next question comes from teachers who might feel like their students aren't learning anything if they're working on errorless learning. And I was hoping you could touch on some of the important skills that you feel your students are learning when they're accessing this level of support in the classroom.
1: Well, of course, you're going to hear me say that they can build independence because that's something that I really strive to stress to anyone that follows me on any of my social media or my website or blog is that we want to build that independence for those students. And errorless is where you start. That's where you start the foundation of getting students to be able to complete tasks on their own, to be able to do different um, instructional activities in the classroom on their own. And then from there, you can build getting them to, you know, maintain attention longer, sit for periods of longer time working on things, and then moving them on to skills that are a little more difficult than just errorless.
0: Great advice. And one of the things that I talked about earlier in this podcast was about how errorless learning does not need to be the end-all, be-all. Just because you're using errorless learning right now doesn't mean it'll be what your student uses for the rest of their time with you. So when we're looking at students who are becoming really successful with errorless learning, what's the next step you would take with them, especially looking at independent work? Where do you go after they graduate from errorless learning?
1: Right. So if they're working on independent work in the classroom, you know, like I said, they're trying to work on maintaining that ability to work on their own, meaning there isn't an adult standing next to them. There isn't an adult at the table with them. They're truly just working on their own. And if they're ready to move on from errorless learning, you can often look to um, matching and most commonly um, identical matching. So the same exact picture matching to another picture that is exactly the same. Um, If they're past that identical matching, you could even and go to non-identical. So maybe it's a picture of a stop sign, but it's not the same exact picture of a stop sign. So trying to generalize that skill. Um, typically, I'll go with matching for a lot of my students once we get past the error list, because I feel like that's just something that's very easy for them to generalize and take on as their next step in
0: learning. And my last question is about getting started. So if a teacher wants to start using errorless learning in their classroom, but they're really not sure what to do to kick it off, what do you suggest they do to get this up and running in their classroom?
1: Um, well, the simplest way to get it started is you could actually just go and find a few blogs. I know myself, I have some. I know you have some as well, Nicole, on errorless learning and how to use it in the classroom. So try to get as much information as you can. Feel free to look out for people or teachers that you know use it. Ask lots of questions and maybe get it, take an opportunity to go look in a classroom if you know of a teacher in your school district or in another um, school setting that you can go and observe some errorless learning. That's probably the best place to start is to see it hands on.
0: Thank you for all of the wonderful tips, Jen. If you don't follow her already, you can find her at Teach Love Autism. She's a wealth of knowledge about errorless learning and about keeping things age appropriate in your classroom. I will have both her blog and my blog linked in the description of this podcast. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me jen happens to be one of my very close friends so i can easily get any answers or she is very friendly you can just reach out to her on your own again she can be found at teach love autism and again jen thank you so much for being here as my first co-host on my podcast sure thank you for having me thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.